0: Welcome to High Truths on Drugs and Addiction, where national experts bring you facts and answer your questions. I am your host, Dr. Oneet Lev, an emergency and addiction doctor who has served at the White House and still practices on the front lines. Right here on High Truths, you will learn from experts, hear stories from the emergency department, and listen to people who have struggled from addiction. Friends, fentanyl is plaguing America. It has infected all illicit drugs, from cocaine to meth, counterfeit pills, and even marijuana. If you're around someone who may be using drugs, you should carry naloxone, the opioid reversal agent. Carrying naloxone for drugs is like carrying an EpiPen for allergies. If you need a prescription for naloxone, you should have one, no questions asked. That is why I am offering a free prescription to anyone who needs one. Come visit me on HighTruths.com. To learn more about the show, submit a question, or download a free prescription for naloxone. And if you like the show, do me a favor, give us a five-star review and subscribe. Your stars are very much appreciated and go a long way in supporting the program. Today's episode is sponsored by Families Against Fentanyl. FAF is an organization set on breaking the status quo of failed solutions and to get to the core of the supply chain of deadly fentanyl. Learn more about FAF by visiting familiesagainstfentanyl.org and sign their petition to declare illegal fentanyl a weapon of mass destruction. Hi there, and welcome back to our weekly podcast, bringing you a godly and unsheltered discussion on high truths and drugs and addiction. I'm your host, Dr. Ronit Lev. Speaking of shelters, the United States Department of Housing and Urban Development, HUD, released its 2021 annual homeless assessment report to Congress in February of this year. Approximately 17 in 10,000 people experience homelessness every day. The total estimate of homeless in the United States is over 550,000, and 10% of those are living in California. The number of chronically sheltered homeless individuals has increased 20%, between 2020 and 2021. While the chronically sheltered individuals have gone up, the total people seeking shelters has gone down 19% during the same time. It's very sad because the average life expectancy of someone who is homeless is just 50 years, and 20% of people who are homeless are kids. And with that, let's hear our question of the day. Hi, Hi Truths, my name is Talon Salazar, and I work as a tech in the emergency department Dr. Lev, it's been wonderful working with you for the past couple years.
1: I have a question. We treat many people who are homeless and I see these people out. What is something nice to do for someone who is homeless?
0: Thank you, Talon, for your question. And thank you for bringing me a wonderful smile. Every time I see you in the emergency department, you are my definition of a leader. You carry antenna when you're working, listening, and looking where you can jump in and be of assistance. You go beyond the job description and are an invaluable asset to the hospital, to the doctors, and nurses, and patients. And to answer your question, I have someone who has firsthand experience. Christopher Ibanez is senior servant and administrator of God's Kitchen. A mobile van that provides 200 home cooked meals for the outside community that challenges the taste of Phil's barbecue. Chris refers to what some call homeless as his brothers and sisters. Chris has a bachelor's in business management and organizational leadership. He's living in recovery and author of the book 911, The House of Steel, available on Amazon. You can find Chris Ibanez's bio on the high truth show notes. Chris Ibanez and irene koppel uh i met you guys at the park and i really wanted for my high truth listeners to get to know you and meet you and hear your story so tell us about your journey um in drugs and homelessness and what made you create god's kitchen
1: wow wow that is a really really uh, um um wonderful journey i i've called it the amazing journey really um um uh, you know, the first time I've, I have I used marijuana was at age nine. And throughout uh, my career, uh, by, by the time I was 18, I was a full-blown heroin addict. Um, 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 and then used meth and, and the pharmaceuticals for, for the next 20, uh, 20, 30 years. And then uh, at the height of my addiction, uh, which was around 2011, 2013, uh, the marriage fell apart. the uh, which I got laid off from my career. Um, and it, there was just a series of plant closures. and then um um, um uh, call, lost the house, I lost the family. um and then got into um got into um uh, a drug smuggling to um uh, to kind of um, uh, help um, I guess feed my uh, uh, what's called my addiction. And then it came to a point where I didn't know how to get out of it. I, I wanted out. I didn't, I, I didn't like my life. I, I didn't like my heart. I didn't like the way things were going, but it was a lot harder to get out of the, um, uh, 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 the state that it was in. And then saw so the law came down uh, and um, I actually got exonerated from the case. And then um, um, uh, things started to come together even though it didn't seem like it at the point. And then uh, found myself homeless out on the street, and then um, and then just started to um, um, uh, feed people. Um, that was my neighbor uh, in a tent on a sidewalk, and then by the time you knew it, um, um, the line uh, uh, what's called our barbecue, our, our little barbecue pit that was keeping us warm in the tent uh, got stolen. And our neighbor, uh, that, who was in another, in another tent, said, uh, hey, you know what, uh, Chris, uh, God just says you got to get a bigger one. And at that point, it became two city blocks we were feeding. And then um, and and we didn't really have anything to do it with. We just we just had what we had in our pockets and we did that and, and it grew on its own. It just morphed into what it is now. And now we um, um, and, and, you know, over the time we've we've come to realize that, you know, just creating a comfortable space uh, where our guards can be let down. And that we can um, uh, we can just share time and opportunity together with a with a really, really good meal. And we've we've we, we've kept the standard of the meal very, very high. I just I, that's just one of the things, the line that I won't cross. I just I, I just keep that standard real, real high. And and here we are today, uh, six years later. Uh, just, let's um, uh, go living on a prayer and just go, <laughs> just just continue doing what we're doing. I mean, we have a lot of fun doing it. There's a lot of challenges that we got to go through, but but that's just the journey, you know. We we really enjoyed it.
0: I I was so inspired um, when I met you and I saw what what you guys were doing. I Irene, how about you?
2: Um. Well, I met this nut. (laughs) He's actually a neighbor of mine, and I didn't know it. And it was right at the point where his life was just exploded and falling apart all to pieces. And I had no idea. He was having a garage sale, and uh, that's how I met him. And the reason he was having the garage sale was because he was planning on going into a program called Beans and Rice and Jesus Christ, and that was it, right, he, uh, uh, we met, and, uh, from that point on, we were in- inseparable, Um he never went to that program, God had other plans for him, and, um, uh, I ended up, uh, selling my house, and, um, this was a I ended up selling it, and that's how we were able to start getting the van and, and getting the, the food and everything that we were gonna be sharing. Um, but it's been miracle after miracle, watching him step out of all these traps and chains that you know were holding him down from his destiny. And um, yeah, what's unfolded before us is, is nothing short of miraculous and uh, we've grown. We've grown so much by being able to serve um, our outside community here and seeing their lives changed just by being able to treat them with the dignity that they deserve. That's been transforming to their hearts and their minds. And it's not an overnight thing. It's consistent love, uh, consistent value uh, consistent respect for, for them that changes their heart. It's not a, just a one-time thing. It's the consistency. And, um, yeah, so, um, we are where we are right now because of it talking to you and just, um, uh, really happy to be able to be here.
0: That's great. And Irene, do you, have you had a journey through drugs as well? Were you homeless with, with Chris or, or separate?
2: Well, yes, I I did. I was, um, from the time I was uh, about 16 to 29 years old, I was addicted to drugs. And um, there was one thing that I wanted to get off desperately and I I wasn't able to. And uh, and I knew it. Everything I tried uh, didn't work. Um, I heard a message about Jesus Christ and I asked God, Is this true? Is this true? You'll set me free. And um, I said, If it's true, show me a sign. God answered my prayer, He showed me a, a sign that I really needed. Um, and I was set free. So, um, what was the second question? Uh, homelessness. When homeless, yes, short time, a short time living in the car uh with Chris, yes, and uh, in the tent.
1: And getting sprinklers sprinkled on us. We didn't know we were so
2: naive. <laughs> yeah, we we yeah, we definitely have experienced uh homelessness and uh and uh drug addiction. So, you know, being where we are, we we can't really help them unless we've overcome these two obstacles. Um and so that's Where we're planted right now, and that's how you met us, and seeing what what's just happened out of that.
0: And Chris, you said you you were college educated, you had a job, and all that while using heroin.
1: Uh, No, the heroin stopped at about age twenty nine, but crystal meth and the uh, what's called the pharmaceuticals uh, did not stop. In fact, over I was I was production manager with Toyota North America, and I'd be in board member um, uh, meetings. And, and I'd be high on Oxycontin and that would literally went, went for six years. Uh, so I I had a full blown career and was, I never, I never really, but there was just, um, I, I just had constant access to pharmaceuticals. If it was not meth, it was pharmaceuticals that I was using and, and, um, never really, I, I, I went through my career and, and, um, it, it was like, it was like, a, I was an operating, uh, uh it, and nobody knew.
0: Yeah. They say call it fu- called functioning,
1: oh,
0: right? yeah, <laughs> functioning. Yeah. functioning. Um, yeah. so yeah. And then you were able, you were able to hide your addiction.
1: Correct. Correct. I mean, I was, I was, I was taking, uh, my, my cocktail was, uh, two Norcos and one Oxycontin every, every three to four hours. Oh my. Or for like six or seven years straight (laughs) Yeah.
0: and and from that you went to methamphetamines
1: uh yes correct and then uh and then it got real bad when i started to use it intravenously uh that's when uh that's when they closed the plant here um in san diego uh that that i uh, that it took it took a deeper um it, it took a deeper level um and uh i started to use it intravenously
0: and how did you, how did you get out of that? I, it, 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 things got worse, 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 worse. And then did you, did you have to reach rock bottom to, to get out of it? Yes.
1: It, it, you know, I've thought about that a long, cause I've never been able to kick it before. And i thought about, I knew my, my life was, was at a point that I didn't like it, but there was, drugs was pile high uh, money was all over the place. I tell, you know, I tell everybody this, that that uh, what's a million dollars in crystal meth destroyed my life. And there was so much money and there was so much drugs. It was a lot harder to walk away from that, even though I wanted out of it. But, but a series of um, uh, events started to happen. Lost the family, lost the house, all bank accounts. There was I believe there was seven bank accounts that was frozen by the police. Uh, so I could not even buy anything, could not pay anything, um, and uh, e- even though I had the money, and then so that was one of the steps. But the very first one, the core one, is I wanted out. I, I was I I needed help to get out, and I didn't know who to ask. I was afraid to ask, um, and I, I just uh, but I just knew the condition of my heart. I just could not stand my life, and then and then from then um 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 um. And then um, I started to, uh, you know, I started to go to church. Uh, 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 which, a couple of things happened. Uh, it was a couple of miracles actually that happened that I thought it was, well, that's kind of odd. Why this happen? And at that, at this point, I wasn't really wasn't really knowing uh, 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 this idea about God. And then, but I, I just put the miracles to the side there. And then a series of events happened. Um, uh, house gone, family gone, career. There was no way I was getting back into my career. Uh, cause I was to the point, um, uh, I was just right head deep into my addiction. And then, um, the police became, uh, came on scene and then, and then, um, uh, then I got arrested and then I had two years of actually in the prison too. There, there's, there's a lot more drugs in the prison than there is outside of the prison. And, and so I was watching that and I watched all the people around me and then, um, and then, one of the then I found something within me that was that was that brought me a lot of joy. And so um, and, and it was it, it, it was a gift that I discovered late and I actually discovered in the prison. I started just cooking for the brothers and uh, uh, in the jail and in the dorm. And by the time I knew it, we were, <laughs> you know, it just exploded in there too. And, you know, we didn't have no oven. We, you know, we didn't have strawberries or anything. We, you know, we had to get strawberries out of our oatmeal. And, and, and I discovered that I, that I enjoyed, um, uh, sharing with people, um, uh, feeding people and, 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 and just enjoyed cooking in general. And, and, and that's my new joy right now. And then, and, 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 you know, the magic about a meal, it brings people together. There's probably nothing else in the world that can bring a, a group of people together, sit down and have some good uh, uh, meals and, and just yeah. enjoy life together. And that's brought a lot of joy. And I noticed that that joy is being, is being shared with other people. And, and that transforms lives. Even sometimes it takes, um, uh you, you know, it takes consistency, like Irene said, and, 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 but uh, that's just been a wonderful journey, and you know, there's there's some guys that come up to me. I remember in jail, I would I would make a I would make just a dessert out of a cracker and bananas that was smuggled it, that that was smuggled into the dorm, and the person would cry, and said and would say, um, uh, the last meal I had was recycled from a trash can, and you're coming up with this, and and so I I looked at that, uh, and it was like. It was like an easy meal. <laughs> there was nothing complicated about it. And, and so I saw the beauty of that. And, 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 you know, it was inner beauty first that was happening. And, and so I just latched onto that and kept on uh, uh, putting my heart into it and a lot of hard work. And, and, and it's, it's just bearing fruit now after about six years. Well, it's always bare fruit, but right now, it's so part of the fabric of the community that we serve that, that it's, um, um, uh, there's no turning back now.
0: Wow. I hear that a lot. There's a lot of negative things about jail, but sometimes that could be the turning point of getting your life around.
1: Uh, yes, yes, correct. Um, 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 um. Um, And and it wasn't, you know, I didn't have a jailhouse religion. I actually found God before I, before Mm -hmm. I, before I went in and then going in there, I tell everybody that it was my desert. That's where everything was cleared for me, everything. And I was able to focus. Mm -hmm. And, and that's one of the things that we do on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Uh, We try to create an atmosphere where all our guards are let down and we can relax and just go, um, um, and just, just hopefully something would come in when, when everybody's sitting still.
0: Right. And you know, when, when you talk about your, your journey, you call yourself an addict and, and we in the, you know, the medical profession are teaching, uh, the aspects of stigma, not to call someone an addict. And yet I meet people and they call themselves an addict. So what, what are you, are you offended by the word addict? Obviously not. You're using that Or, or, or do you think those words matter or they don't matter?
1: Well, I, I, I call myself a recovered addict, <laughs> but, yeah. but I, I don't even, I don't even, you know, I, um, yeah, I, I see the point where it's an addict, but, um, um, uh, uh, you know, I, I see the stigmatism when it, when it surrounds, uh, you know, an addict, uh, or, or the word addict. I mean, I, I look at our brothers and sisters out there who are using and, and, and I just don't, I don't see an addict. I don't. I, I see the person, and so correct. I I, I believe yes. I, I think our vocabulary should, should, should change as far as um, as far as um 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 using that kind of word. Uh, just so because it does carry a very negative stigma. I agree.
0: Yeah, and like you don't like the word homeless, right? You say outside community. Correct. Yes.
1: Correct. Because well, you know this. Yes. It's it's a very complex very dynamic and very multifaceted thing that homeless there we know a lot of people out there that love being out there they are not homeless they love their life we we know a guy we call him mad hatter and he loves the environment he is so good in his skin he he's just a beautiful person and he loves being out there that's not homeless and so we call it an outside community, and it is a very. Um, we have found they're very, very private, and 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 it's it's a community on its own, and so, um, homeless, it, it to me, it demeans the person further, uh, when you say homeless, and and it's just it's just the easiest word to go to, but we kind of, refrain from saying it and say uh, outside community.
0: Interesting, um, you're the first people who have heard use that so that so and uh, and then I saw you in action which was amazing. I I just want to ask you both you're you're in you're living in recovery. Uh, do you feel like you're good or you always have to work on that? Uh, do you ever have cravings or is this something that you realize that you have a lifelong disease and you just need to be aware of it?
1: It is gone from me. I don't have a crave and it I, it yeah. disappeared from me. It really That's did after, after 47 years. I do not have a craving and meth is falling from the skies here in San Diego. If if um, if um, um, if a person who is mentally ill can get a hold of meth, that's how much meth there is out here in the streets here in San Diego. There is a lot of it. I have a handicapped brother who is mentally challenged and he can leave the house and he can come back high on meth. I was never able to do that in my time, and so, but I don't, I don't have the urge anymore. Um, probably the worst, that the you know, I'll I'll smoke a cigar once a week.
0: <laughs> That's
1: one of my favorite pastimes. You know, a glass of wine and and um, and and a good cigar. But as far as cravings, it's gone. I don't even like to take any kind of medicine at all.
0: <laughs> period.
1: I only I take one one pill a day and that is for my blood condition uh that's it and 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 I don't know. I, I refuse to take it unless i absolutely have to i don't know i just stay away from medicine for some reason <laughs> but it's gone i don't i don't work on it it's truly been replaced by joy it really has been and and that is that is that is the miracle wow
0: so i have a question for you from um, one of our emergency department technicians, Talon, he is an amazing guy. Every time I see him, I'm going to have a good shift, a good, because uh, he's always smiling, always helpful, goes out of his way to help, kind of like you. And his question is, um, you know, he sees people who are, and I'm going to still use the word like homeless, um, uh, in the emergency department, you know, on the way to work in the environment. What's the best way to help someone like that? Or when you see them, what's the best way to interact?
1: Um, uh, what one one thing to make sure the very critical thing they must you must be sincere in what you're doing. And, and that sincerity will translate in your actions. They have to see that more and more you're seeing outside. There's there's a disconnect. Um, for example, uh, it's easy to go out and just hand out a sandwich to somebody. You're not really making a real connection if you're not really spending any time with that person. Um, um, and sometimes, you know, I, I, that's that's key is making sure you're sincere and and um, and, and, you know, uh, take interest in them. Um, we're not I'm not saying to take them home. I mean, I'd probably dare you to. Uh, we, we've 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 done that. We've opened our home, made them have showers, uh, fed them and. Um, and just have them relax in our home, and and but, but showing um, showing that you care, and then and be be consistent about it. I mean, uh, you got to remember, their guards are up. They're looked down upon. They're struggling, and and they don't. And even then they feel oh this mistake that I done, and they're and and they're feeling ashamed. So their guard is up. When they see police, their guard is up. When they see anybody that they don't know, their guard is up. You have to try and penetrate that guard, and I think the key of it, the key to that, is making sure you're sincere in everything that you do with that with that individual, and then you'll see that guard uh, drop. Once that guard drops, wow, you got you got a lot of you got a lot of opportunity there.
0: That there's also guard the other way for people who are not homeless, fear fear of them, right? Of of, of violence or their or, or their behavior. What do you think of that?
1: Well, I, just just the other day, uh, a lady came over and said, uh, "This is my backyard at the beach." She she she's a resident at, at, at what's good Mission Beach, and she said like this: "You know, you bring these people over here, and uh, you bring crime and you bring drugs," and and I'm like. I'm I'm thinking to myself. I, well, I told her I go like this. Well, they were here way before I got here, um, and, but not everybody is a drug addict. Not everybody is 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 a thief. And then also, um um you know we we wonder why um 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 uh, people are using the bathroom on the sidewalk. Um, the, everybody's locking their bathroom doors to them. Everybody's just ostracized them. Um. um so, so, you know, take interest in just one, just one individual, and see, and and see. Um. Uh, you know, I get it. You know, it's a challenge uh, to see. Um. Uh, you know, to see what's going on. There's open drug use all over, and to this day, I wonder how can we affect that, and and that's a really really complex answer. Um. That. Uh, but uh, you know, the people out there, they they have they they, you know go talk to them talk talk to them don't don't be afraid of them talk to them straight and be sincere sometimes you got to be firm but that that's fine but um uh, check your feelings too why why are you feeling something but when you go to them talk to them straight and be sincere with them and 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 and, and, and communicate no, nobody's communicating with anybody we have this fear and we don't we don't even express, uh, we don't even know why we're scared. We just are scared because they got a needle in their arm. And there's that could probably, be scary. Yeah, that's that is scary. It is scary. And and but but step just step out and, and talk to that person, not to look down at what they're doing, but to try and see them as a person and try to penetrate that barrier where where, where you can communicate with them and you will see a whole new different person if you can see beyond that and try to you know, just try to reach them that way i mean and and if you're not comfortable with that get 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 somebody and approach the person with them uh, and, and and talk with them and just just to see them because uh, really we found over the years there's so many beautiful people out there they're 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 stuck they're, they 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 they're just stuck in in so many things i mean i know when i was out on the street my hardest thing that I had to do was staying clean. It took me two hours a day sometimes to find water just just to stay clean. Uh, so hygiene was was a challenge, but it was the only thing that I can do for myself at that point. And that's the and that what was my single goal every day was to stay clean, and that was a challenge. So so uh, give 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 the next person an opportunity if if, if you're if you're fear if, if you're scared then just, just um, uh, find a way to communicate with them where you're not in, you're not, you're, you're not looking down on them, but you really want to, tr- you, you know, you want to see their reality.
0: Wow, that's very nice. What about people? You see them, you know, begging for money um, on the side of the street and you always think, well, they're just going to buy alcohol mm-hmm. or drugs with that. Do you, should you give money to people like that? Or that's not going to go to the right place. Okay,
1: well, okay. the uh, There's, there's there's a couple of things uh one of the things that you know if you're going to tell me it's for food you're already lying to me i'd rather have you put that sign say i'm going to buy beer I, i i give you that you know but what i've learned there's about giving money out money is very easily abused for one and two i would I would give money out only at the end of the month because we know people that that are have set incomes. And what they do at the end, if they if they went over their budget during the month, at the end of the month, for the like the last three days, they would, they would out there, they would go out there and hold a sign to carry them over for that next three days. But other than that, any time of the month, I do not hand. I in in fact, this is my my handouts should be very minimized you you have to really be careful how you hand that out you um um uh you know you can't put any conditions when you do it, it, it you know when you give it's it's a great feeling but are are you helping you know are, are you helping so you got to really examine why you're giving is it really going to help and then um and the quality the stuff i too much of this, this um, 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 stale donuts and stale bread being handed out. That's that any any kind of pastry or bread or baked product coming from the store that's donated, just just donate it to the trash can because it's not worth giving it out. You're not helping anybody doing that. And so, the money, I think, um, uh, you got to be very very prudent when you're handing it. It's too easily abused, and and so we do not give out money. It's just a bad thing. Uh, uh, we do give out at, toward the end of the month because we know some people during the beginning of the month. Um, uh, most people's got either food stamp. If you're seeing they need, if you see a sign that says they need food, it's probably not true. That that's in our um, um in our experience, and and so that's just not a. That's, you know,
0: a, that's so important we, you know, advice.
1: I mean, it's it's kind of it it. it it, it feels kind of strong but 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 it's not you got you gotta remember we have to deeply examine are we helping the problem or are we making it worse or are we you know our biggest our, our biggest enemy when it comes to this idea about homelessness and and and, and what's good and and poverty it, well what's going homelessness in general is it's an abstract uh, um, a demon that we're fighting. it's complacency. It, once you get settled down in an in in your routine you don't want to break away from it because you're comfortable well you know we don't want you to be comfortable life life is not comfortable we we got to, we're challenged every day and so we got we cannot have our tent pitched up and then sit there for for 3 months and then expect a change to happen no we have to get up make our bed and 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 find what it takes to make it happen and uh, it, So, so this, this idea about giving really look at it and, and like, you know, we have a lot of people that want to donate to the ministry and our very first thing, I want you to donate your time, come and volunteer and see how you can help because I don't know how you you may see it better than me. It's easy to hand over a thousand dollars or a hundred dollars, but what do you know? Uh, come out and volunteer so you can see it. You engage them.
0: Tell us about God's Kitchen. Um, what is God's Kitchen?
1: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you how we got our name. When um, COVID, uh, they shut the beach down. And um, yeah, and and all the churches shut down. And, and, and I'm like, wow, well, the, the hunger doesn't go away here. So we found, we pulled up to the side of the road that we were allowed to, that was not closed. And we started cooking over there. (laughs) And some dude (laughs) rolls up on us and he goes, just pull over on the side of the road and start cooking for people. And and I said, yeah. And, uh, and then he goes, is this your kitchen? And then I thought about it and said, no, it's God's kitchen because I, you know, I'm just a servant here, you know, and that's how we got the name and it stuck. And so and we, um, 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 and that's just, that's how, it, that's what it is. We just cook, we, and, and we're uh, uh, uh you know, we're an operation, we cook on the spot. Uh, uh, and it's been a challenge to get the right equipment uh, to pull out a quality meal, but now we are equipped for that. And, and the quality of the meal is just way up there. And we have, we have a blast. It, it really is, it's fun. It's hard. Um, um, um What do you think God Kitchen is about? <laughs>
2: It's it, to me, it's, it's God's, it's His, it's not ours, and that's the only reason it's successful. I mean, yeah.
1: <laughs> and so, yeah, wow. that's and so tell we, us, we, tell we, us we,
0: what's on the menu.
1: Oh, oh, golly, what's on the menu? I would think uh, we had, uh, I'll go last three um, um, three weeks ago, we had half pound burgers with all the fixings. Um, um, uh, uh, we had barbecue uh, pork loin chops uh, biscuits and gravy, uh, uh, spinach and uh, cheese omelets, uh, for breakfast. Um, um, uh, French
2: toast with all the fixings, yeah, whiskey, yeah. <laughs> peaches, powdered sugar. We make it look really beautiful because that's an expression of our love to them. The, the highest quality food gourmet, you yeah. know, they feel the love in that.
1: And, uh, uh 99% of everything we get comes off the front of the line. We buy it at Restaurant Depot, Costco, high quality products, um, um, and and there's where I play a role in. I'm just not gonna, you know, I don't go to the donut store and and say, hey, um, uh, you know, could I have a stale donut? In fact, if I get one, I'd be I'd be like, ah, give me a fresh one. So I, you won't see us handing out a stale donut. <laughs> uh, um, um, and so we give, and, and then coffee. We really load them up on coffee. We 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 think just starting off the day with some good coffee, something that, and and maybe some uh what's go oatmeal to stick to their bones, and ha- start the day right. So Instead you do you do breakfast and, and dinner? Cool. Oh yeah, breakfast and dinner. We have we have a Wednesday breakfast, which is a full breakfast. uh The other day we had uh, spinach and cheese omelets, um, uh, fried rice uh, bacon, um, French toast with peaches and whipped cream and so much syrup, it'll give you a cavity.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and what impressed me, um, you have your, your van out there and it has the God's kitchen logo. You have all the, you know, the, the, your barbecue pit and your equipment that you're doing. And then you speak on the microphone, um, you know uh thank god um and, and inspire people uh and then people line up and they were so orderly and and peaceful and, and no shoving for food lots of distance you know i was very impressed how many people are lined up
1: well the last the last 3 weeks uh uh we had 102 110 105 yesterday was about 90 so consistently the numbers are trending up um, uh, uh, and breakfast has taken a whole new life. We just started serving donuts and coffee. And now it's like, and and you know, and, and uh, I, I can't, I can't sacrifice. It's gotta be a good meal. And so, and, but we gotta make sure that, but the numbers are, 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 are trending up. Um, and so um, um, that's, that's always, um and you know, and you, you get, you get some of them in the line that try to cut. I, 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 I pay attention to that. I, I, we respect the people on the line and, and, and even the handicapped ones, we won't, we won't let them, if they can't walk, we, we won't let them get in line, but they can, they can, they can, we have a table set up where they they can sit there and then, and then we'll hand them their
0: food. Wow. And uh, this co- must cost, I mean, the food costs, gas now costs a lot of money for your oh, van, man. right? Um, how do you pay for all that?
1: Well, let me, let me just give you an idea about, uh, Six, maybe eight months ago, um, um, fifteen dozen eggs cost us eleven dollars. Now it's about forty-seven dollars for that same amount of eggs. It scares me, um, but uh, it's we've really run on. uh, The way the funding works is. Me and Peanuts donate uh, 10% of all of our income, whatever our income is. Where whether we go on and uh, we do contract work, what, whatever we do, 10% comes in. We have one friend uh, that donates uh, $300 uh, a, a month, and then we have another uh, person that donates $100 a week for the for the for the breakfast. But when you tally up that, that does not even cover one week's meal (laughs) with the prices of everything so the other the other miracle about this thing is random people come and give but the biggest donors the biggest donors by far across the board are the outside community they come they give us uh we have a bunch of people that uh that are housed now that used to come uh that that actually still come well, they, 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 they stay in the apartment complex. They'll call me up once a month and they say, hey, Chris, we collected all these recycles uh, uh, and we got we got this much money. Could you come pick it up? So that equates to about uh, maybe uh, what's one hundred ninety dollars. And then uh, we have uh, uh, the brothers and sisters that are actually living in the beach area. They actually recycle and they bring the recycle to us. Um, and then a lot of them with their social security checks, they 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 give uh, what's called they give. I had one guy come over to me and had this big old bag of maybe, I don't know, a couple thousand pennies. And he goes, Chris, is, I don't have anything but this. Oh, I got. I've been collecting this thing. <laughs> and I had a blast taking that to Walmart at the, at the self-checkout center, dumping those pennies in there and just having a blast. And everybody's yeah. saying, could I pay that for you? I said, no way you can't pay this for me. I'm paying it in pennies. Yeah. Uh, and so, <laughs> yeah. So that's um, um, um and then we, we do no citizen at all. We do not ask for any funds from anybody. We really live on a, on a miracle. In fact, um, um, uh, January, the last week of January, we only had, uh, funds for one more meal. So what I did, I said, okay, let's cut the fat off. We either go to, um, uh, we'll, we'll take off all the fat, like remove the ice and the soda and the French toast. And then, uh, maybe we'll go down to, you know, uh, what's good. We'll go down to once a week. I mean, uh, uh, once a month rather than, uh, uh, every week of the month. And then some, somebody came and funded us for like the next four months. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So on, on average, the, and yeah. the meals are, yeah, the meals are very expensive. Uh, we're talking, uh, it's about seven, $800 a week these days. Uh, we, we try to be very prudent in what we buy. Um, um, and so a beef is, um, Every now and then we'll get beef if 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 I see a correct sale that I can manage to get at least eighty pounds of it, um, uh, because that's a, that's that's what we that's the kind of protein we we, we use. It's about, it's about eighty pounds of protein a week, not including breakfast. That's just for dinner.
0: Wow, uh, well, it, it's uh, amazing outreach and good work that you do. So people can't donate to you. Are you a are you a nonprofit or just if people wanted to, to give you money to help pay for food? Yeah.
1: We, we we are not a nonprofit. Um, uh, we are not a church. Our, our church is on the outside. And then sometimes um, a lot of the times, you know, like I said, we would like if, if people like wants to donate, we would like first if they can come and check it out and just come and come and come and engage. serve and engage them a little bit and kind of see. And then um, we do, we do, um, um, uh, you know, we do. Um, 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 uh, we have no online present. We don't, uh, we, we don't, we don't take a bunch of pictures, and we don't post it on the internet. We, we don't do any of that stuff. Um, uh, in fact, we refrain from taking pictures. Period, because it gets out of hand. And then it's not exactly picture day for our brothers and sisters on the outside. Um, and so um, uh, we don't want to take that out of context. We don't want it to be used in the wrong way. So we just try not to use uh, any pictures at all. Um, and if they do want to donate, um, uh, we got we, we have we have Zelle and we have PayPal. Uh, but uh, we're like, like I said, and then um, uh, stop by and check it out. I mean, that's be the first thing. And and um um and if they truly want to help, that's 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 the way they can do. the The most convenient would be would would be um, um would would be um uh, I guess a check or 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 uh, um uh, through through Zelle, but. I have a hard time when it comes to the funding thing because I really, I really, truly, if Godly, if people are led to come and to donate, um, um, uh, um, then they'll, they'll come and they'll donate. I, I just have a hard time even speaking about something like that, uh, uh, only because I, I, I don't know. It's just the way it's been. It's so easy to have a million dollars. And just buy what you want. But it's not fun when you're like, okay, how am I going to pay for next week's meal? <laughs> That's like really scary.
0: <laughs> now, the way I got to you is because you reached out. You noticed that brothers and sisters were dying of overdoses of fentanyl. And um, and you've seen that. And then you reached out to who? To DEA, law enforcement? You, you yes. asked for help.
1: Yes. Because, uh, well... One thing I didn't know what resources were out there, and then another thing, I didn't even know what fentanyl looks like. And I was like, how do how do we get the word out to these guys? How do we know what resources are there? And the very first thing I said, well, let's call the DEA up and let's find out what 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 they got to offer. And then I was surprised by what they told me. They said they can't even identify it without testing it first. And I'm like, man, that scared me. And so I reached out and I asked them, could you come, um, could could you give us, could you come and educate us uh, with a bunch of information? Because I didn't know any, you know, I, I know about meth, I know about heroin, I didn't know anything about fentanyl. And fentanyl, they're they're dropping like flies. They're they're, they're we've seven people we've known.
0: I, I worked over- last night, um, I had three fentanyl overdoses. Wow. Wow, see that's just, that, just
1: that me. And, I, I felt so. I, I felt so inadequate because I didn't know any info. So I wanted them to come over and give us information and and educate us. And and overall, that day I, I was kind of scared actually because I wasn't too sure of how the outside community was going to take it. And man, it was it was a successful day. I was really encouraged by that. Um. um and so so we're hoping and, and now we're seeing more and more organizations come and hang around and um, consistently be there and uh, and and so the resources are coming to them uh, at, at this at this time where where they're relaxed.
0: And it was you know people who were there, we had harm reduction. you had San Diego Police Department and they said several times with using your microphone, that you matter to us. You are. We're here to serve, and you're part of the community that we're serving. Um, and then we had um, again DEA people who are out to bus drugs, teaching um, prevention. There were uh, students from UCSD who made little baggies with socks and goodies um, and notes um, uh, to people. So um, I'm glad that was a positive experience for you. Did you hear feedback from from the people? You feed.
1: Yes, they, 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 they've, um, they've consistently asked. Um, now, now they're approaching more about more about uh resources. Um, um, um. Uh, one of them uh told me that that you know what they actually appreciated the that those students sat down with them and and it, it was it was, I wanted to take a picture so bad of what I okay. saw there. I just knew something was happening there because they sat down, and just with them and talk with them and and so that that's really you know they're they're walking around with their shoulders high their heads walking high and they're like wow you know yeah so so yeah we got some a lot of positive feedback from that these they they just need to be uh to be felt like they're they're welcome in in people's lives and so that was that was really that that that's one of the one of the greatest things I i'll go there with a with an imaginary camera and start taking pictures and you know it's just yeah that's yes there was a lot of feedback with that and you can tell there's a lot more happening uh, um, where you know our, our greatest barrier like uh, when I know when San Diego police asked me um, uh, could they could they come and I go like this and it's a big risk but if you're gonna come could, could, could you not be in uniform <laughs> you know because there's been, there's such a level of distrust we need to be able to bridge that uh, open open a door again and and that's that's one of the things that i think that we can help with is uh, uh making sure that trust is being built again uh and how do we build that trust being sincere if you say you're going to come here and you're going to do this then please do it don't don't say something you're not going you're going to do and you don't do it Because all we're doing, we have this great opportunity where their hearts are open, their guards are down. Uh, Let's let's start to build these bridges again and start to make them receive some of the services that are available to them. Because some of them, there's a lot of services available to them, but they just don't trust, and and they won't even go there anymore. When in reality, they're one step away, one step away if they just put their guard down and actually see. So that's one of the major reasons too. I, I I uh, uh, which I reached out to as well, not only for the, uh, to get information, not to get to get educated on fentanyl, but to have organizations now, um, uh, organizations with a lot of resources to help these people to, to, to start to bridge that gap again. And, and, and that, that's really, really important.
0: Right. To seek treatment, that know that treatment with compassion is available. Uh, we were um, giving out naloxone and fentanyl strips uh, that day, Um, but definitely there's a lot more that we could do.
1: Um, right. right. and, and, you know, we, we, we've had, we've had people, um, um, OD right in front of the van. And if it was not for that, uh, that nasal spray, uh, it'd be, uh, you know, um, you know, we, we, we're still, I'm so aware of that right now. Because fentanyl has really scared me.
0: So do you have do you have naloxone in your van, right? You
1: yes, yes, we have in our first aid kit and in in our van. Yes, Hopefully, we're, several we're, we're, several we'll do
0: dosages that you have. You you need several boxes. Um, um, that was scary. You've given naloxone.
1: Uh yes, one 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 time so far, and that's the first time that we've actually given it. But uh, in previous, in when we were downtown in a the tent, they literally would wheelchair. People ODing and and they'd be so scared to be in contact with them, so they wheelchair them to to me, and I wouldn't even know what to do, and I'm just figuring out why. You know, people, I I only I, I thought it was just heroin, but no, it was fentanyl, and they was just coming on the scene, and 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 then we've had them side by side sitting on a tree, uh, leaning on a tree, and both of them dying, not even knowing, and I didn't even know they they're right there behind my van. And they're sitting on a tree and dead. Uh, um, uh, the last person was with two females at their camp. The guy had died. His name was Dodoberg. Well, was, that's not his. That that's his nickname. Um, he had been dead for two hours before they even decided to say, "Hey, uh, I don't think he's alive." <laughs> that's I'm really that fentanyl really really scares me.
0: It is scary. It is scary. And uh, yeah, people just look like they're asleep and then they're dead.
1: And, and so yeah, we 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 got a lot of um um um, and hopefully, uh, you know I, I wish you know, you know I, I, from a, from from a person that's using perspective, I know when the Jones comes on, it you don't even care what's in that thing. You slam it in your vein and 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 so I get that. I know that. I know how scary that can be. I know when the Jones kicks in, it doesn't matter what's in that needle you're, you're, you're going to put it in you. And, and so that, so, so I understand that it's very, very vivid in my mind. Um, 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 and so that, that part there, when, 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 when I see them and I try to get to the point that to prevent that, to prevent that point there.
0: And Irene, we just see so much love that you have (laughs) towards Chris. It's beautiful. Um, and for your mission, you sold your house and spent that money to, to get this van and get everything started. Isn't that's, um, amazing.
2: It it's, it's what I had in my hands at the time. So we've always just, the way to serve is not to wait for, you know, 10 years from now, I might have all of this to be able to, to give and share. It's what is in your hands right now that can be used. And, and so that it it was very simple. It wasn't a big deal to me. It was what was in my hands.
0: And you're able to um, you cook also you help Chris in the kitchen.
2: Oh yeah. He's the main cook, but yeah, he needs some assistance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, and everything looked delicious i i i know you said no pictures but i i hope to post you you let me take a picture of the food so i think i'll share a picture of the food and maybe of the van
1: yeah we we, we have some pictures that we can uh we can uh we, we can we, we can email you and uh, um 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 uh, send that to you um um it probably it'd probably be no pictures of any individual but you know we can uh we, we have some pictures out there that that just likes it we 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 like really take it very we're very cautious what the way it went when we take pictures
0: yeah you said the people there's some justice involved people you don't want they don't want their pictures out
1: yeah yeah and yeah there's there's Yeah. yeah
2: yes yes absolutely the way the way he put it it's not exactly picture day for them you know they know they're not groomed the way they want to be groomed i mean they're they're people you know and we we have a lot of respect for their privacy so that's why we don't, we don't do the pictures, even though, like you said, we'd love to take <laughs> pictures, you know, we'd love to, but we ourselves have to practice that, that self-control from doing that. Yeah. But there's,
1: you know, there's so many beautiful moments that a picture can capture. <laughs> I mean, it's like crazy, amazing. I'm man, so I need true. to take this picture. I got to take this. Especially the little community groups that you see in their little gatherings. I'm like, Oh, it's just, you see them and you know something's happening and, but we, you know, we we can't do it. It's just not right.
0: Yeah. Well, Chris and Irene, you really touched my heart. Um, And uh, your stories is very inspirational. And what you have besides love that I obviously see is gratitude, you know, the adversity Mm -hmm. that you've had in your life. Um, uh, Despite that you're, you're not bitter. You're, you're gracious. Um, and you're giving, and that's just so inspirational.
1: Well, thank you for that. Thanks yes. for that, and uh, we, we, you know, we are, we are, we are grateful. I, I know, I'm grateful that uh, a couple of things that I'm that I did not die. I'm, I'm grateful um, um, uh, with with uh, what's called Irene. I call her Peanuts. Uh, me and her, by the way, are a bag of M and M's. I'm plain, she's nuts. That's that's my story. <laughs> But but I'm I'm grateful too that I'm able to have that. We've been given a trust uh, with the outside community, and I'm grateful that anything happens, they 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 call me up. I'll get just the other night. I got a text at midnight. Somebody got arrested uh, for 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 tickets, and then uh, he was a caregiver to uh, their person. They they got their vehicle towed. Because of tickets. He gets arrested uh, last week and his girlfriend commits suicide Monday night. We've had um, individuals, I'll get called and say, hey, Captain um, got brought into the hospital by ambulance. We come check. It. We find out that he's got, he, he, they said they gave him 68 weeks to live. We house him in the van. We gave him he, we gave him his last wish. He said he wanted to stay at the Hyatt. So we put him in the Hyatt for one night, and we're like, it was like $400. I said, buddy, your, your your last wish <laughs> is over after today. We gotta go. <laughs> so we stayed with him for nine days, and he died with us. Um, 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 and so, um, um, and so I'm I'm really grateful that we're able to be, uh, a, a part of the community and and to serve that community because it's just, I don't know, it's there's, there's just a lot going on in today's world. And it's our little way of, of of trying to help the problem, this this huge problem, we're just trying to do our part. We know what worked for us.
0: Chris and Irene, I really want to thank you for your time and your service and, and inspiration. And I also want to uh, thank Talon, who called in and with this question. He is a definition of leadership. Um, uh, he's a tech but it doesn't matter anyone in the emergency department who needs anything he'll he'll listen without you even asking and turn around and go get it find it things that are hard to do uh, always with a smile Um, to me he's an example of leadership as you are too also with a smile and love and the giving that you do
2: thank you thank you doctor thank you so much for having us
0: Thank you for listening to High Truths on Drugs and Addiction, where national experts bring you facts and answer your questions. This week's episode would not be possible without the generous support from our sponsor. A sincere and warm thank you to FAF, Families Against Fentanyl. Visit familiesagainstfentanyl.org and sign the petition to declare illegal fentanyl a weapon of mass destruction. Make drug dealers think twice and three times before peddling killer drugs. Our producer is Dave Rivas from Davey Boy Productions. I am your host, Dr. Oneet Lev. We hope we brought your day a little bit more high truths.